everyone. Welcome to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. We're so glad you're joining us to hear another message this week. And we wanted to take just a minute to let you know that things are probably going to sound a little bit different over the coming weeks. Obviously, we're all living in the era of the coronavirus. And so we're recording our messages from different places right now. We are trying to stay out of our our building and off our campus. Uh, We're trying to honor social distancing and things like that. So we are recording from homes and from offices and from computers all over the place. Uh, So things may sound different, but we're going to continue to bring you message content every week. Uh, In addition, we want you to know that you can still stay connected with us even though we're apart. Head over to our Facebook page. You can join our Seven Runners Facebook group as well, or go to sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. Uh, There you'll find some resources, ways that we can pray for you, things like that. I'll tell you a little bit more about those specifics after the message. For now, we hope that you enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning, Seven Run. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to take just a moment to frame today's message and to let you know that we are today turning the page and beginning to open a conversation about what our regathering will look like. And so I'm going to ask you to listen really carefully today. Don't know how long it'll be before we're allowed to meet, but God's moving us forward. It's time to grow and we are growing and he's going to do some amazing things in our our regathering. And uh, we're not going to be like we were before. Uh, We're going to be more. I also want to just say that one of the realities of our COVID season is that we we, uh, record in advance. And so that means we're not always able to be as uh, current as, as we would like to. And so I want to just share with you uh, in a vulnerable way uh, what my heart is about a new ministry that we're going to begin here at the Church at Seven Run. Today, we are in a place of national mourning and, and national fear and national anxiety. And this has been a long time coming and uh, and is going to continue to be a long time in going until Jesus. And so, just with the, you know, the, the most simple, faithful, um, fallen and frail and partial and broken efforts that we can make, uh, I want to challenge you to be part of fulfilling Scripture's call in our culture. Words cannot express Uh, the pain that I and we have felt hearing George Floyd's dying words this last week. It is a tragedy. Um, And it is a tragedy that has been playing out in our culture for a long, long time. In large ways and small ways, the sin of racism needs to be eradicated. And and it can be. (laughs) At least God can. God can do anything. From Christian Cooper's bird watching in uh, Central Park uh, to an endless series of prequels. The story has been played out far too long. And I just want to say in the most humble and again broken way, uh, I feel the urging of the Holy Spirit for us to to do our, uh, you know, our, our thimble in the ocean to, um, to answer, to hear, and to allow people who have not been heard to be heard. Certainly, our goal is to move towards racial reconciliation, but I want us to begin from a strong place in Scripture in Romans 12, 10. In a me-first world, in a world that is filled with anxiety and fear and contempt for one another, both politically and racially, 
I want us to begin a journey of living Jesus, the Word of God, from Romans 12.10, which says, Honor one another above yourselves. And so in the days to come, you're going to, um, you're not just going to hear, you're going to read the scripture for yourself, and then you're going to answer the question, understanding, you know, your, your own impending conversation with God called the judgment, about what it really means to honor other people above yourselves. What would it look like to honor other cultures above your own? What would it look like for black people uh, to be honored by white people above themselves and vice versa? What would it look like for us to honor um, those who are immigrants and often look down upon? Um, what would it look like to honor them above ourselves and so fulfill the scriptures? Well, I believe that we can undermine a culture of contempt with a culture of honor. And in the humility that comes from knowing who you are in Christ, that we can be a part of God's work in our nation, God's reviving our dying nation. And so I just want to simply offer that challenge. And, and just to say, um, you're going to be hearing more and, um, you know, it's, it's going to be something that, that doesn't end. And I want to point you to a, a very flawed and frail um, just Facebook video that I did the other day, just, just as a, a start to the conversation. And you'll see the link of where to, to listen to that. But um, to hear one of God's kids uh, on the ground, unable to breathe, begging for breath, begging for mercy, and asking to be heard uh, is, again, more than heartbreaking. God hears, and we need to hear. God honors, and we need to honor. God graces, and we need to grace. And that's what we're going to do in the days to come. So thanks for, for listening. Thank you for um, being a part of the Church of Seven Run. Thank you for being a growing community. And we're going to face the challenges of, of worshiping together again uh, before the, the, the COVID pandemic has passed. We're going to take those challenges. We're going to meet the challenges. And we're going to let the kingdom of God come in some exciting ways. So I love you. I thank you for hearing my heart. And uh, pay special attention to this message. Thanks, guys. Well, good morning, Severn Run. Here we are on the next stage of the journey. Now, technically, there's something inside of me that, um, that resists talking a little bit about a reopening because I refuse to say that we've ever, ever been closed. Um, we are regathering, and the reason we're regathering is because we couldn't, and gathering is essential to spiritual growth. So uh, today, I just wanted to talk about the future. And what it is going to look like in our next as we come back together and we regather as the body of Christ, as the community of the kingdom. So today, please understand my point is not to give you a lot of specifics. Those will come. But today we're going to lay the groundwork of what that's going to look like. Just simply pausing our It's Time to Grow series as we move forward. What I want you to know today in the big picture above everything else is that we are called to community by God, by the, the work of the Holy Spirit. You and I are called in life, out of alone, into together, um, out of apart, into community. We are called to gather together. And there is a spiritual dynamic in the gathering that is kingdom, 
that is supernatural, that is generative of growth, and that spills over to the other six days of the week. So we seek Jesus together, and we are being Jesus apart. That's, that's the call. In John 20, 21, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And so, as I've explained many times before, the church is not a building. That is horrible theology. Always has been, and I will patiently correct you if you ever refer to it uh, around me in that way. Because the reality is the church is so much more. We are the sent ones. And Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And so we seek Jesus together. We be Jesus apart. And that's our mission in the next. So I can't say exactly when we're going to be together um, because our county executives haven't, as of this point, said. But I will say that we're working hard on it now. And we'll also say that regardless of what, you know, our governmental leaders say, with all humble respect, we are going to seek the wisdom of God and we're going to re-engage constructively, safely, faithfully on on God's time schedule and and in, in His way. So, Again, I want to remind you, in all of the dis-ease and anxiety of this present season, we don't know when that will be, but it will be soon. And, and we're exploring multiple options. So I, I kind of want to put that out to you. Thank you, uh, those of you who responded to our survey. Um, wouldn't be surprised if there's another one coming your way. It's very helpful to us to hear from you. We're here to serve you. And so... So we are going to have multiple hooks in the water to to serve um, the growth of the kingdom of God at the church at Seven Run. Uh, What are those? Well, again, not majorly focusing on specifics. We will keep you informed um, in the days to come. But just to to say that that we are going to certainly work very, very hard to continue and, and grow our online community. Um, we are going to to work with something that uh, we'll we'll find some other name for it. But uh, let's just say, uh, quoting Pastor John, a family uh, home gathering, uh, so that for some of you who are comfortable, you're interacting with a certain group of friends, perhaps your uh, connect group, that you would meet in your home with a a small group and and worship there online together. We will in the days to come, uh, have indoor meeting here in the church building. And we will socially distance and and follow all the best practices. Uh, Jeremiah and Sean have done an amazing job of of prepping the building with with hospital grade, um, you know, cleaning. And and so there will be uh, in-house gathering, but will also most likely be some outdoor gathering as well. So, We want there to be multiple options to serve multiple needs in multiple contexts. So today I want to just kind of begin as as we talk about the reality that we're called to community, um, to seek Jesus together and be Jesus apart. Uh, I want to talk about something that probably you may have never heard a message on and may have never thought about. But remember, we all live out of ideas, good ones or bad ones. 
every reality in our world that humans have anything to do with came from an idea that either was inspired by, by hell or inspired by heaven. That was either a good idea or a bad one. And I want to talk to you about uh, the theology of gathering. The word in Greek for church is not building at all. Again, throw that out the window. That is a, that is a, a, a thousand year affront to God. It's ecclesia. It is gathering. It is a word that was used in Koine or common Greek uh, for centuries before the church appropriated it to describe what God had called us to do together. And so, um, you know, meetings and events in which people would come together for a purpose, for a reason to, to uh, advance society together, those things were called, you know, ecclesias. They were called um, gatherings. And, and when the church came together under the call of Christ, we became the ecclesia. And, and the word, you know, can also, you know, in its most literal etymological sense mean called out ones. And, and although that wasn't the meaning of, of it in Koine Greek for a couple hundred years, it kind of had that echo as the church appropriated the term and, and, and identified its it's gathering, um, building mission with, with that term. So the, the Greek uh, dictionary uh, literally defines it as the congregation of Christians implying interacting membership. Kind of a, a mouthful, <laughs> but congregation is gathering. Christians are, are people who believe. Um, pay special attention to interactive, right? Because that implies a, a level of Voluntary association, investment, um, you know, openness to others, involvement, connection, dependency. And, and, and so that's kind of what the term means. And then the membership ideas is there, there's a sense of belonging that, that I have chosen to belong and to allow other people to belong to me. It is the gathering of believers, in my definition, if you want the, the, the Drew version of this, it's the gathering of believers helping one another believe, be loved, and be love in the world. And so, so I want to, you know, from the beginning, challenge you on any self-centered interpretation of your call to the gathering of the body of Christ. Because I'm just telling you, uh, you know, a... A self-centered, apart, um, I-focused idea about church is wrong from the beginning because there's no God in it. There's no there's no scripture in it. There's no there's no body of Christ in it. So you may uh, start your reasoning and thinking with, "Well, I this and I that," but that's the wrong place to begin as a believer, right? Paul said, I no longer live. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, so dead people don't think a lot, and they certainly don't think about themselves. And so if you are dead to yourself and alive to Christ and have followed him in, in the baptism that symbolizes that, that new birth and new life, then you don't think from you anymore. You think from Christ. And, and you take your guide uh, and your, your, your lead from, from Jesus rather than self because you know every time you're in the seat of the car, uh, you wreck it. So, you know, you may, you, you've got to think differently in, in the sense that, um, 
you know, as a believer, I'm called to gather. And, and in my gathering, uh, the, the purpose of that is, is encouragement. It's a mutuality that we're going to explore a little bit in, in Hebrews chapter 10. But it's, it's me being helped and me helping others to be loved by God through Jesus Christ, a personal growing relationship with him. And then as I leave, to be loved to the world. That's, that's the call. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, the title for the chapter um, that, that we're going to, the chapter part we're dealing with in verse 19, we're going to focus on verse 24 and 25, is a call to persevere. And so the idea is how you finish this thing, how you run your race well. And, and I'm telling you, you cannot run your race well apart. And you cannot run your race, your race well without being in meaningful, interactive, uh, being loved and, and, and be loved community. It just can't be done. You won't finish. Let me read a couple of verses leading up to the ones we're going to focus on. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, that's a family term, right? We are, we, are, we are related to one another. We are connected. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Again, in a season of anxiety, in a season where we are out of control and emotions and party politics are hyper-partisan and emotions are, are redlined, we have confidence in Christ. And by the blood of Christ, we can enter by a new and living way, open through us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, listen to this, let us draw near with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. We don't let guilt or shame keep us away or keep us apart. And having our bodies washed with pure water, that's a, a, probably a reference to the symbol of, of baptism. Now verse 23 and 24 and 25 are the key to our call to community. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. All right? We are never a hopeless people. What does our next look like? It looks like hope. It doesn't look like loss. It doesn't look like defeat. It doesn't look like going back. It doesn't look like we've been beaten. No, our next, as we regather, is one illuminated by the hope of God. There is no dark in our path. And, and, and the scripture goes on to say, for he who promised is faithful. So in your nervousness, in your anxiety, and I'm not minimizing the reality of the brokenness of a broken world. I'm not. What I'm emphasizing is the reality of the confidence in a, in a saving God who's bled to demonstrate the power of his love over life, the resurrection. So, so here we go. And let us, you're a part of an us, Consider, think on, you know, your life is not called to be a self-centered life. It's not, it's not about you. It's not about me. We are called out of our dead selves into the mind of Christ and, and being the body of Christ to think about each other. 
And so let me just say from this point, your assignment for next week is to think about a couple of other quarantine people and call them to encourage them, to lift them up, write a letter, write a card, pick up the phone and call somebody and, and, and encourage them, uh, share with them the, the love of, of Christ. So let us consider, let it always be on our mind how we can have empathy, compassion, um, you know, the interest of Jesus in mind when we're thinking about each other. So we're going to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. It's inspiring. We are called to be inspiration. And so, so the believer has been refocused from uh, criticism and negativity and, and anger and frustration and reaching for power through control to a life of joyful surrender to the hope of God, the indwelling spirit of the Christ, overflowing in them with concern and compassion for other people. And, and, and asking, how can I help you run your race beautifully? How can I help you win? So inspiring one another towards love, all right? Here's two focal points in, in these verses. What is to be the focus of our, our regathering? Love and an effective work. So, so as we regather, Everything we do needs to be from extraordinary love. Extraordinary because it's supernatural. It isn't from this world. It's from Father. It's inspired. And so when we gather together um, in this, this COVID season, um, and when we face the next, and when we do the new that's not going to look like the old, it is going to be bathed in the agape love of God. And then that love is going to spur or inspire actual um, effective good work in the world. Do something uh, for Jesus, right? Um, live your faith. We, we talk about loving well and living Jesus. And, and that living Jesus part means that, that I am called to, to translate my life out of neutral, uh, letting the clutch out in first gear and, and stomping on the gas by, by believing big. And then verse uh, 25 specifically tells us this, this way that we finish is, is by a focus on others in love and an effective action. And then it says this, not giving up meeting together. You and I are called to gathering. It's not an option as a believer. Every reason that you and I would have to stay apart, and, and please let me define our together um, on-ramp in a little bit, but every reason you and I would have for staying apart in the long run is a faithless reason, a fearful reason, a selfish reason, uh, or a lazy reason. In some form or, fun, uh, some form or fashion, uh, in light with the reality of your context and your calling, you are called together to seek Jesus together and be Jesus apart. That is the call of God's growth on your life. And without answering the call together in the ecclesia, you will never fulfill your, your, your highest purpose. You know, our gathering is also a steadying influence in our lives. There are times when my faith is up and there are times when my faith is down. 
but my commitment to together steadies me. And there are times I'm literally on a, on a tightrope and, and, and you as my brothers and sisters are, are kind of what, what steady me and help me make it across. And that's true for, for all of us. So not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, there will always be um, this wrong-headed idea that I can follow Jesus alone. You can't. But encouraging one another. Let me just say that even on the days that you're thinking, I don't want to, to gather, I don't want to gather online, I don't want to gather inside, I don't want to gather outside, I don't want to gather with my family, <laughs> you know, um, all of that thinking, again, has eye for the subject of the sentence and, and neglects the indwelling work, good work of the Holy Spirit through you. What if on that day, God had you to be the encouraging difference to somebody else? What if on that day you're noticing the unnoticed, your, your word of welcome to a guest, your kindness to ask um, someone who was a stranger, how can I pray for you? What if that was the turning point in their life? There have been times when I have stopped, stopped and talked to people who didn't know I was a pastor because some of you are going to say, oh, well, you're the pastor, of course. No, they didn't know I was a, the pastor. I'm just coming in a little early and seeing somebody sitting by themselves and, and noticing their facial expressions and their body language and, and, and simply responding to the empathy of Christ who looked upon the scattered people and said they're like sheep without a shepherd. How can I love them? I walked up to, to one man one day and he was alone on, you know, on, on, a, on, a, on a chair and he, and he just simply shared the story of, you know, how are you, I asked. And he lifted his head and he said to me, my daughter committed suicide last night and right now I'm just really, really lost. Oh my gosh. I... I could easily have walked right by this child of God and left them in their aloneness, left them in the, the, the storm of, of hell's attempt to destroy not only his daughter's life, but his life, but for the grace of God and an encouraging word. And that encouraging word actually started a relationship that, that continues till this day. So you and I are called to community to seek Jesus together and be Jesus apart, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That's simply the reality that, that we build our lives on the first coming of Christ and we live in excited anticipation of the second. So Guys, I just want to just close with this to say our, our reopening, um, it doesn't need to be about cultural Christianity. You know, I heard one person in, in I know they meant well, but they were talking about of the 100,000 who died, um, that that was because all the churches were closed and more names would have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life if, if, if we hadn't been closed. What a wrong idea of of the, the church. 
Everywhere you go, you are the church. You are carrying, uh, you're, you're like a full coffee cup in a crowd. And every time you bump into another human being, uh, not coffee, but living water is to be spilled over to them. You are to be the church spreading the, the love of Jesus and the name of Jesus without shame or embarrassment everywhere you go every day. And every one of us ought to be leading people to Jesus all the time. And to pretend that, that our responsibility to, to share Christ is a Sunday-only thing is, is really a pretty clever work of hell to, to shut down the gospel the other six days a week. In our regathering, we need to be fearless, confident, and loving. Romans 14, 23b says, whatever is not of faith is sin. Faith is the hope-filled sense of God supernaturally at work in the world. I don't like what's happened. I grieve uh, so much of it. Um, as a pastor, I never thought I'd be dealing with this, but so what? I'm excited about what, what God is going to do uh, in, in the days to come. So bring it, because my Jesus is already there. And, and whatever hell is going to do, he, hell's back's already broken. Hell's already lost. Why should we be afraid? So come on, folks, we're going to be fearless in this. We're going to be confident um, with a strong sense of the presence of God. Hebrews 11.6 says, says, Now faith is confidence uh, in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We can be confident that God knows all that we don't. We can be confident that, that the Jesus who said in Matthew 4.19, Follow me is going to guide us beautifully through all the unknowns of life. So don't be anxious about what you don't know. Be joyfully confident in who you do know. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, King of kings and Lord of glory. And, and so, so we're going to be fearless, we're going to be confident, and we're going to be loving in all that we do because we are the love of God. And so in our regathering, there's not going to be no judgment on people who are other places. For those of us who choose to gather uh, in this on-ramp season until there's a, uh, you know, uh, inoculation, until, until there's, you know, this, this virus passes, we're not going to be judging or judgy about other people who, who because of their, their life and context, um, choose not to, to gather with us here. So if you choose to gather online or in family, if you choose to gather outside of inside, then good on you um, because your choosing is going to be fearless, it's going to be faithful, and it's going to be loving. My own wife, for instance, has a, a disease that requires her immune system to be dropped twice a week, and, um, and it, it, it's just not safe. It's just not wise for her to be in a crowd of people. So don't judge what you don't know. There's way too much of that going on in partisan politics. You don't know jack about anybody until you hear their heart in empathy and compassion. So we're going to be the love of God. In John 13, 34, and 35, Jesus said this. <laughs> and and I, I love it how people who, you know, I love it how we can claim to believe every word of the, of, of the scriptures as inspired, but we take these words and, oh, well, yeah, well, whatever. But that's, Jesus was as clear as he could be. And he gave almost an 11th commandment. Well, certainly one that trumps the 10, as the new, new covenant, you know, trumps the, the old. In John 13, 35 and 34, he said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Really clear. This is not optional. Love each other agape each other. 
Show my compassion. Then it's very specific, extravagant love, just as I have loved you. And, and I guarantee you there's eternal food for thought in, in imagining how beautifully and in-depth Christ loved each one of us. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Just as I have loved you, <laughs> you should love each other. So, so there it is. I'm giving you a new commandment, agape one another, in the exact same way I have shown you love, been loved to you, you be loved to each other. And verse 35, your love for one another, it's going to prove or reveal to the world that you're my disciples. It's going to be revelation. You're going to be me to the world that needs me desperately. I am looking forward to our regathering, and you will know more when we do, but I want to challenge you in the name of Jesus to answer your call to community. And if you've been on the fringes and the edges, step in and step up. Let's seek Jesus together and let's be Jesus apart this week. Thanks again for joining us for the Messages podcast today. We hope that you were encouraged by Pastor Drew's message and we want you to stay encouraged and stay healthy. And so we have a couple of resources for you during this time of COVID-19 where unfortunately we have to be apart, but we are hoping that you don't have to be alone. So head over to sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. That's all one word. There, we've got a couple options for you. You can sign up for a prayer request. You can send a prayer request uh, for yourself or for someone else. You can also sign up for support, again, for yourself or someone else. And finally, you can sign up to be part of our response team. That team right now is working on setting up our building to be a food bank, as well as uh, setting up a time for us to hold a blood drive. You can, again, find those at sevenrun.com slash COVID-19 help. Ultimately, we just hope that you're staying healthy, staying encouraged, stay plugged in, follow us on Facebook, uh, join our Seven Runners Facebook group. Um, we're trying to put out content every day that will encourage you through this time where, again, we have to be apart, but we are not alone. Have a great day.